And I'm like, I've watched this pastor before. I've been to his church. All he does is dance around trying to not offend anybody on either side. He's, he's a spineless coward, a wimp. And it's, and it, hey, do you want your kids to grow up like somebody like that? Most of the pastors these days, and I'm going to let God say this in a little bit. So if somebody's watching live saying, why is he railing on the pastors? You just wait till you see what God says about the pastors. Um, but they're a bunch of uh, effeminate, limp-wristed weaklings these days. And, it, and, and do you want your kids to grow up like that? I hope not. I don't want my kid to be a, 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 I want my kid to be a man, somebody who stands up for the truth, somebody who will take criticism, will take ridicule, uh, whatever it takes to stand up for what's right. But we don't have that anymore. We have all these, these, these uh, fence sitters. Oh, I don't want to offend. Oh, oh, oh. And then they sit up there like this, telling stories all the time, something, you know, waving her hands like an effeminate weakling. Okay. Um, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to start calling these people out for what they are, um, because they're, they're allowing our nation to get destroyed. Uh, I'm going to start out just reading some verses from Isaiah chapter one, because I, I feel like they fit what's going on today with all the riots, the chaos, the burnt cities burning, not just in Minneapolis, but in uh, the rest of our country as well. Isaiah chapter 1, and then, then after we go through this chapter, then I'm going to go to another chapter that really harps on the pastors in America today. Because I really feel that ultimately every, everything we're seeing in our country today really lays upon their shoulders. Uh, for not teaching God's word, for not standing up for the truth, for allowing false gospels to come in and replace the true gospel, uh, to uh, they're fostering things like social, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but fostering things like social justice um, that are nothing more than a way to fan the flames of hatred uh, and racism to do the very things it claims to not do. And I'm going to read a little quote. I'm going to read something I wrote on Facebook uh, about that in a minute. But let's go to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Okay, so in, in, in history... Um, the Israelites went through many uh, very similar things than what we are going through today. And I was going to do a study on America battles the dragon. And I really feel, and, and I'm going to give that message at some point here, but um, I really feel that America is Israel in, of the Bible. We are made up of the, uh, if you study the migrations of the tribes of Israel, the, ten, the so-called ten lost tribes, they migrated north over, over the Caucasus Mountains, were later renamed Caucasians, and then they came to this great nation, America. So America isn't just some uh, nation that has risen in the uh, panorama of history or something. America is... I believe God's chosen nation, and I believe she is under attack today uh, by the forces of the dragon. But anyways, um, hear, O heavens, verse 2, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. 
I have nourished and brought up children and they have rebelled against me. Think of this nation. It was a, a nation that was founded as one nation under God. In God we trust. Uh, founded by the pilgrims 400 years ago that came here to advance the gospel of the kingdom. Now look at where we are, where we are at today. Um, the ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know my people doth not consider. Okay. They don't even know who they are. They don't even know that they are God's people, that they were chosen with a destiny and a purpose to be a city upon a hill and a light unto the world. They know none of that. They know none of that. And that's what God is saying. I've birthed you uh, in a spiritual sense, but you don't even know who I am. He's, verse 4, he says, A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, and they are gone away backward. Perfectly describing our nation today. Started out as a godly Christian nation, and now we've fallen away from God. We've removed God. We've got our uh, governors now in many of our states deeming churches as non-essential, while liquor stores and abortion clinics are deemed essential. I mean, this is. I mean, we are in a in an apostasy right now in America, and. I believe, uh, you know, the, the thing with the coronavirus, uh, even going all the way back to 9-11 with, with the terrorism, all these things that we are seeing are judgments upon our nation. Uh, you know, people can't, we, we, we complain that things are bad and that we can't go out and do things. Uh, but look at, a lot of America's idols are being, being taken away. We can't go watch... Uh, you know, you can't watch ESPN 24 hours a day anymore, watching uh, Sports Center and all those things that are people just, um, uh, again, I love sports, but when you take it to the extreme where it replaces God or you don't have time for God, uh, it then becomes an idol. So we've fallen away in so many different ways, and I believe um, the, uh, the cities burning across our nation uh, the last few days are a part of the judgments that God is bringing upon our nation right now. He says, verse 5, he says, Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. In other words, he says, um, well, here he says it. Verse 6, From the sole of thy foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. In other words, he says your whole nation is sick from the head down to the toe. I mean, look at what's going on with the, homo, the LGBT movement. And all, that's, now all this perverted behavior is deemed normal. And if you stand against it, now you are abnormal. I mean, this is this sick. It's demented. Um, and what we're seeing is the result of, you just picture America, it's sick right now. It has wounds all over it, and it's falling apart before our very eyes. And, and our churches and our pastors, I'm going to get into in a minute, um, don't even have the guts or the courage to stand up for the truth. All they do is uh, go along repeating what you'd basically, what you'd hear on CNN or some leftist media outlet, uh, and they disguise it and couch it as the gospel of Jesus. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing. They, if they say the word love, if they stamp the word love or 
compassion or all these nice sounding words on what they're teaching, then they really feel that that's what they're doing. They feel they're loving people. They feel they are showing compassion. But then if somebody's teaching the Bible line by line, they label that as hate. And, it, and it's, it's, um, it's amazing. But Jesus said these times would come. Um, anyways, I'm going to get back to Isaiah here. He says, um, your country is desolate. Now, now check this out. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. Now, you look at what's going on in our cities today with these people that hate America. Uh, they, they, they hate everything that stands for, um, primarily because they're brainwashed by the leftists and so forth. But that's what it means, somebody who's a stranger. Somebody who's a stranger is somebody who is not assimilated into your culture, uh, assimilated into your nation. They're somebody from a foreign nation. In many cases, we're allowing strangers coming in from Somalia and other third world countries that do not like our country. And what do you think is going to happen? Uh, you know, when you put all those people in, you got illegal immigration flooding our country. All that has to happen is for Satan to activate those people against our country. And now we have cities burning on fire. Um, and the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in the vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Now check this out. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. Okay. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been likened to Gomorrah. Now, he said a very small remnant. That's not the mainstream church, my friends. The mainstream church is all and out, all and out for taking down America. And um, maybe they don't realize they're doing it, but they're doing it. They're doing it. Um, I, in fact, I'm going to read this quote I have here right now. Um, not a quote, uh, a Facebook post that I made. Um, systemic racism and social justice. Have, any, have you guys ever heard those terms? That's, those are the new buzzwords going around today. Not only, in, um, not only among the leftist circles and the hard left, but even in mainstream evangelical churches today. In fact, we've got one, I'm not going to name it by name. I might start naming things by name because uh, there were times when the Apostle Paul did. He named people out by names. But... Um, um, they, there's some people there that are bringing this social justice into the church, okay? And the biggest church in Princeton that I know of, the largest church in Princeton, Minnesota, has people in there promoting false gospels such as uh, this uh, social justice gospel, okay? Um, I've got a lot to say on that. I don't know how much we'll get into today, but I wrote here, my friends, the leftists pushing these slogans are not promoting healing of any kind. They are promoting the very thing they claim to oppose, racial hatred, and it is satanic at its core. There are no amount of concessions that whites can make under their demands. Nothing will make them happy. We will still be the problem as long as we exist unless we repent and say we totally hate ourselves and are ashamed of our white Christian ancestors who founded America. This is very dangerous. Many white people will only take this constant grinding of their faces into the ground before they rise up, bringing about an all-out racial war. And that, my friends, is what the old dragon wants. 
and you social justice pushers, you're playing right into his hands. Wake up, read your Bibles, and stop pushing lies. Um, and it is. I mean, these guys think that they're, they're warriors for justice, but they are nothing more than warriors of chaos, uh, stirring up racial hatred um, in the guise of doing... And, and you know what? Most of them that are doing this stuff... They get really self-righteous about it. They get on their pedestals. They feel like, I'm such a nice warrior for what's good and what's right. And it's the complete opposite. It's the complete opposite. Um, in fact, since I'm already here, uh, there's a book, a really good book, that explains how the leftists have worked into the church. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, it's called Marxianity. And um, the... Description of it, the subtitle is How the Evangelical Deep State and Their Useful Idiots Are, mer are Merging Marxism and Christianity Through Social Justice, White Privilege, Cultural Marxism, Illegal Immigration, Interfaith Dialogue, and more. Okay, it's all Jesus talked about this. He talked about many would come in his name in the last days, claiming that they were uh, of Christ. And that they would deceive many. Well, we're living in those days. The mainstream church are in, in uh, well, you could safely say, I mean, hey, you, you just visit one of them. If you've been studying the Bible for any length of time and you go into one of those churches, they might read a couple verses, but the rest of the time you're sitting there thinking, what is going on here? I'm not even following what he's saying. He's all over the map. Uh, and then at the end of the day, it usually is something... Uh, about loving people or now these days social justice and white privilege and how as good Christians we really need to combat uh, this, the evils of, of racism. Um, and there's, they have no goal, there's no objective other than to get white people to totally hate themselves and grind our faces in the ground. And, and I wonder what, how, you know, how people, um, how men of God could sit back and take that. I mean, where are the men? I mean, you think of, you know, there's men of these other communities that will stand up and stand up and protect their people, but we've got no men. Our, I mean, I watched a pastor the other day explaining why he wasn't going to open his doors. He said, well, we're not going to do it because of the, um, um, well, okay, he went in and he talked about how the governor said that we can't open, but then the president came out and said, no, we can't open, but as good shepherds, we just don't feel it's okay to open up right now. I'm like, I've watched this pastor before. I've been to his church. All he does is dance around trying to not offend anybody on either side. He's, he's a spineless coward, a wimp. And it's, and it, hey, do you want your kids to grow up like somebody like that? Most of the pastors these days, and I'm going to let God say this in a little bit. So if somebody's watching live saying, why is he railing on the pastors? You just wait till you see what God says about the pastors. Um, but they are a bunch of uh, effeminate, limp-wristed weaklings these days. And, it, and, and do you want your kids to grow up like that? I hope not. I don't want my kid to be a, 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 I want my kid to be a man, somebody who stands up for the truth, somebody who will take criticism, will take ridicule, uh, whatever it takes to stand up for what's right. But we don't have that anymore. We have all these, these, these uh, fence sitters. Oh, I don't want to offend. Oh, oh, oh. And then they sit up there like this, telling stories all the time, something, you know, waving her hands like an effeminate weakling, okay? Um, we've got we've to we've start calling these people out for what they are. 
um, because they're, they're allowing our nation to get destroyed. Um, and Jeremiah 23 is going to explain that. Let's turn over there, please. Jeremiah talks about the Babylonian invasion. It was when a foreign nation was going to totally destroy the nation of Israel. And it's a type of, I believe, what's happening to America just prior to the rise of the kingdom of the Antichrist. And what was going on? Why did the Israelites get taken over? Why did God send the Babylonians? Well, because of the pastors. One main reason was because of the failure of the pastors. Now check this out. Jeremiah 23, verse 1, God says, Woe unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Um, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, you have scattered my flock, you have driven them away, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. So somebody might be thinking, oh, I don't think a pastor should be talking against a pastor uh, like the way you are. Hey, I'm just reading the Bible because God's not, he's not happy with what the pastors are doing. They're supposed to be feeding the people the truth from God's word, but they're scattering them. They're not leading them. They're not feeding them. They're breaking them apart. Uh, And you wonder why people uh, are falling away into all their um, little idols that they have. And because who wants to go to a church with some of what real man in our community wants to go to a church and listen to some effeminate guy up there who has no backbone give some feel-good love message. A, a man wants to go to church and actually hear what thus saith the Lord says so that he could feel like he's actually doing something. So that he doesn't feel like he's in, um, no offense to women, so he doesn't feel like he's in the women's club. And, and uh, you know, he feels like a man wants to go to battle, and, and many women do now because we've got a lack of men to do it. But a man wants to battle evil. Our little kids growing up, what do they dream about? Defeating the bad guys, fighting the bad guys. But what do our pastors do? Oh, just love everybody. Um, you know, it's okay now, the LGBTQ lifestyle, well, we got to just give them special treatment and, uh, and so on. I could go on and on about that. But look at that. I mean, who would have thought we'd live in a time when the LGBT, the perverts, sexual deviant perverts are actually leading some of our churches. I mean, this is, this is absurd. That's why God said it was like Sodom and Gomorrah back then uh, in Isaiah. Or he said, if I hadn't left a remnant, it would be like Sodom and Gomorrah. All right. So God's pretty upset here. He opens it up. He says, and I will remember, verse 3, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them. And I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. God's looking for a time when he'll, he will have to gather the remnant of his flock because these shepherds had scattered them. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Now think about this. I, I was watching this pastor out there say he was too fearful to open the church. He could have just said, hey, if, you, if you're elderly and you have health problems, we're going to open up, but you take, you do what you think you need to do, and we're not going to criticize you for not coming. He could have just said that. But instead, he, uh, he's living by fear. 
And, and he's putting fear in the hearts of his people. Putting fear in the hearts of his people. Because look at what God says here. Um, God says at some point he's going to raise up true shepherds, which will actually feed people his word, and the people will stop being scared. They're not going to be dismayed. Um, they're going to have courage. They're going to have courage. Behold, the days come saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Now the social justice warriors would take this verse out of context and say, see, that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for justice. I'd say, no, you're not. You're stirring up racial hatred. Okay? Uh, The numbers, when you look at the numbers, um, more white people are killed by cops um, than, than any other group. I think I, I think I was looking at one, uh, I wish I would have pulled the actual statistics out. I was looking at one uh, set of numbers that said 43% of people killed are white people, and I think it was like 18% or something are black people by cops. Um, so the whole narrative that we are living through this time of uh, extreme police, uh, race, yeah, obviously you're going to have bad cops. You're going to have some cops that don't like black people. You're going to have some cops that don't like white people. You're going to have some cops that don't like Asian people. It's just, you're never, it's never going to go away. So what they're asking is not realistic. But what they're, the, the narrative that they're trying to uh, build here is that society is deeply racist and we're going to keep fighting until uh, this goes away. And, and all that's going to do, like I said, is grind white people's faces into the ground. Uh, the wimpy white people will, will take it. They'll say, yes, I'm so sorry that I'm white. I love you. I apologize for my ancestors that came and civilized this, um, this, this nation where you know, the pagans were cutting people's hearts out and, uh, and doing all kinds. Of, I'm not going to say some of the grotesque things they were doing. But that's ultimately, um, I don't want to get too into it, but when you look at what's happened, you know, they say it's been 400 years of, uh, of uh, oppression. But really, when you, when you look at the Christian nations of the world, um, they, look at what they did. They put an end to this uh, um, grotesque paganism that was happening among the indigenous tribes here in America. Child sacrifice, nature worship, you name it. But now... What they're, what they're trying to do is make us apologize for all of the good things that Christianity has brought to the world. And now, for some reason, that's all evil. And we're going to go back to our beastly ways and just be crazy, uh, animalistic pagans again. Uh, you look at the cities. You look at the cities when they're tearing up those cities. That's animalistic. I mean, that's, that is nothing but pure demonic rage and, and uncivilized behavior. Just burning up and destroying your own city where you live? I mean, that's, that's what America was founded on, was putting an end to that stuff. And now we're being told we need to apologize for what we've done and go back to the way things used to be before Christianity came. Um, sad. Anyways, where, where am I at? I'm kind of rambling here. What verse are we on? Verse 5, okay. Uh, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will... Re- okay, I read that. Uh, so... True justice and judgment, okay? In other words, those pushing this social gospel, those stirring up racial hatred, they are the ones that are going to be judged by Christ when he returns. In fact, 
there are places in the Bible, um, uh, places in the New Testament where Jesus says that many, many people will come up to him in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not healed in thy name? Have we not prophesied in that, your name? Have we not cast out demons and devils and done all these wonderful works in your name? And you know what Jesus says to them? Get out of my sight. I never knew you. And you think about that. Jesus said many people, it's not just a small group of people that claim to be Christians. I dare say it's going to, I dare say it's going to be most people that claim they are Christians. That's going to be said to them. So these people pushing this social gospel, they really believe they're serving Christ. And when Christ returns, um, after the time of the Antichrist, they're going to think that, that they were in good standing. But um, um, they got another thing coming. And we'll find out why um, here in a little bit. In the days, verse 6, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby you shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Verse 7, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country, and from all countries, whether I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. That is yet future. I believe that actually uh, was fulfilled in type with the uh, founding of America. But this is uh, yet future. There will be a time when the Israelites will yet dwell in their own land. There will be no more strangers burning up your cities. Uh, no more of this uh, so-called racial tension. Um, it won't be there. Verse 9. Mine heart within me. Now check this out. This verse is, is special to me because you might wonder why I'm kind of excited here today. This, this verse explains it. Mine heart within me is broken because of the prophets, because of the pastors. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord and because, now check this out, because of the words of his holiness. So in other words, Jeremiah was upset because the pastors were not teaching the word of God. So upset to the point where his bones were shaking and he felt like a drunken man. Um, you know, just, just really not happy, you know, really disturbed by this. And, um, and I feel the same way. I mean, you go from church to church to church these days, and um, you, you don't get God's Word. You might get, somebody might read a couple verses from His Word, but they're not actually teaching what it means in context. I mean, how many of them would actually, how many churches have you gone to where they actually are reading this chapter right now? They'd say, well, that's not loving. I want to go talk about Jesus. Well, again, we talked about it last week. Well, they only like to talk about some parts of what Jesus taught because I'll tell you what, Jesus teaches things just as hard as this in Jeremiah 23 all throughout the New Testament. In fact, uh, he went right up to the scribes and Pharisees, the religious pastors of his day, and called them names, called them hypocrites, a bunch of off, uh, called them the offspring of vipers, even made fun of their clothes and what they were wearing because they were wearing Bible verses on their clothes, but yet they were uh, not following those verses. Um, so, yeah, you tell me what... You, if you want to tell me that this is a hateful message, then you better go look and see uh, some of the teachings that Jesus had taught. Um, anyways. For... For the land is full of adulterers, so this can even be idolaters, 
Um, for because of swearing, the land mourneth, the pleasant place of the wilderness are dried up, and their course is evil, and their force is not right. Now check this out. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. It says, right in my house. Some people think that since they're, go- they're in a church, that they're safe and this is God's place. That's not the case, my friends. God says, I found profaneness, I found wickedness in my house that people call a church. Wherefore, they sh- uh, wherefore their way shall be unto them as, a slip- as slippery ways in the darkness." They shall be driven on and shall fall therein, for I will bring evil upon them, even the year of visitation, saith the Lord. The year of visitation, no doubt, refers to the time of time of the end, ultimately. The time when God brings uh, the judgment of the Antichrist upon these people. Um, and also the wrath of God described in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to get into that, but... Well, God says, I'm going to, I'm, they're going to have, their judgment is coming. Judgment day is coming for these pastors. Okay. A lot of them are sitting there right now. Um, you know, think about it. What disturbs me, what makes my bones shake like a drunken man um, is these people are getting paid to do what they're doing. They've got these great big buildings. They're sucking the money from these people and they're not even teaching them the Bible. They're getting paid to deceive these people. They're getting paid to scatter the sheep. There can be no worse of a criminal act in God's, in, in God's eyes than doing that, than ripping off the sheep that you're supposed to be leading and that you're supposed to be pr- protecting. And now I think a lot of these guys really actually kind of like being shut down because it's less work for them. Uh, they can, uh, now they don't have to, you know, do, they can, you know, sit on, you know, sit out in the sunshine and, and read social justice books all day long and, um, and, and f- figure out how they're going to end racism in America um, by starting racism. I don't, I don't understand it. But anyways, um, all right, where was I? 13. <laughs> okay, 13. And I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal. And cause my people Israel to err. That's why I said in the beginning, I said, um, all this stuff that's going on, I lay on the pastor's shoulders. Because God says that these pastors have caused his people Israel to err. They are the reason. Okay, They've scattered the sheep. They've uh, lined their pockets with the, the money of the sheep and have let them go astray. Um, to, the fa- to the point where, I mean... When I think of it, um, when I think of what a church is supposed to be like, you know, a pastor is supposed to be dishing out the word of God, right? But they're supposed to be doing it in a way. Um, they're supposed to be equipping the people with the ability to actually study the word for themselves. And that's why we do line by line Bible study. And so we're not always all over the place jumping around. Um, it, it gives people, it helps strengthen them. It helps them learn how to study so that they can take God's word on their own and, and figure it out, be able to figure it out. Um, it should be training, it should be training to be a disciple, not just a feel good sermon that leaves you with no, uh, no strength, um, no substance of any kind. I mean, half the time when you leave those places, um, you're going to wonder, what did I, I, 
do an experiment sometimes. You want to visit one of those one of these mainstream churches? About 20 minutes afterwards, ask the person who was there what the sermon was about. And I'd say uh, majority of the time they're going to totally forget. Um, but we're reading Jeremiah 23. Um, if somebody left here, do you think they're going to forget what we read? No, they're going to know it's Jeremiah 23. Woe unto the pastors, right? Um, that's a key. There's a there, that's a that's very telling right there because I mean half. I mean I've been studying the Bible and teaching the Bible for over 20 years right now, and I can go into one of those churches and leave and not even know what the point of the sermon was. And you know. Um, Am I dumb? Do I just not get something that they get? Or, or, or what's going on? Obviously, um, we know what's going on. All right. Verse 14. I have seen also in the uh, prophets of Jerusalem an horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen. Now check this out. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers. Okay? Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is, um, you know, obviously Black Lives Matter, right? But all lives matter. But Black Lives Matter is a group designed to do nothing but uh, foster rebellion and revolt in America. And to foster hatred. And what do these pastors do? There was one over here at uh, one of the big churches here that wrote Black Lives Matter at the end of his Facebook posts the other day. What is he doing? He's, he's, he's strengthening the hands of evildoers by doing that. And everybody's praising him. They're saying, oh, what a warrior you are for, for justice and all these types of things. And they sit there like the, he sits there, I'm sure he sits there like the Pharisee and, you know, pats himself on the back. Oh, what a good guy I am, you know. And, but, but CNN saying the same thing as he's saying. People that want to uh, murder babies through abortion and have, you know, that are pro-LGBT. Do these people ever stop and wonder, I'm on their side? They promote this stuff. These leftists promote this stuff. But yet I claim to be a Christian, but I'm joining hands with them? Do they not ever stop and think that that might not be a good thing? Um, they don't. That none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. So God says all these pastors, they're nothing more to me than the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah, fit to be burned in the fire. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Okay, I may add, from the pastors in America has profaneness gone out into all the land. And uh, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision out of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. Okay? They, what do these pastors do? This is exactly what they do Sunday after Sunday. They speak uh, imaginations out of their own heart. Okay? They tell all these stories. They talk about their dog. They talk about, you know, who, who knows what. Um, but God says here um, that they make the people vain. Now think about that. 
That is so true. When I look at the people that go to these churches, and that's the part that's so disturbing, is these pastors, like I, I said in the beginning, they're, they're, um, they're, well, when I was ripping on the effeminate pastors, what are they doing to the people that are following them? They're making replica, uh, duplicates of themselves. Okay, The pastors are vain, and the people are becoming vain. And that's where we're at in America right now as well. Verse 16, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets or the pastors that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. Okay, I already read that. Um, but, but I also want to say God warns us, do not listen to those people. Don't listen to them because they make you vain. Okay? Verse 17, they stay, now why? They say, uh, they say still unto them that despise me. Okay, they're friends with CNN. They're friends with the leftists. They're marching together with them for social justice. The Lord has said, you shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own evil heart, of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. It's okay if you want to be uh, a homosexual. It's okay if, you wanna, if you're a man and you want to marry another man. Have at it. Uh, God loves everybody, right? This is what God, this, not according to what God's word says. Oh, but that's the Old Testament, they would say. Um, wow. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his, what? Word. Who hath marked his word and heard it. That really is the key. If you, want to, if you really want to love God, if you want to stay close to him, you've got to be studying his word. Chapter by chapter and verse by verse. That's the only way. That's the only way. In fact, um, when Jesus was tempted of the devil... Jesus responded to the devil by saying, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Um, and another place, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then somebody say, well, his commandments just love. No, no, no. It's all of the Bible. Jesus is the entire word of God. Not just the New Testament, not just the, you know, the, the verses that have love in them. Everything. Behold, verse 19, Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you shall consider it perfectly. And I, with what's going on today, I don't believe we're that far off from that time. I believe we're already seeing God's judgment upon our nation. I really do. And I hope that the remnant will wake up more and more um, so that they don't fall into this uh, mass delusion that everybody else is under. Verse 21, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken unto them, yet they prophesied. Okay, they may have all these degrees. They may have went to, they may have a doctorate in theology. They may have um, um, all these worldly credentials. But God says, I have not sent them, and I have not spoken unto them. But they, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and caused my people to hear my words, then 
they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. And that's really what this, you know, God's word uh, is designed to do that, is designed to try to get people to turn from their evil ways. Um, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in the secret places that I, that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? I have heard what the prophet said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. In other words, they, what they do Sunday after Sunday, they really believe that they're serving God, but they've deceived themselves. Which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the shaft to the wheat, saith the Lord? Now here's, here's what I really like here. Verse 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Now think about that. God says his word is like a fire and a hammer that breaks things in pieces. But when you go into our churches today, you think, you think that God's word is <coughs> effeminate. It's just love, 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 right? But true love sometimes is, is, is exposing lies. In, 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 in many cases, it's, it, it is exposing lies. Sometimes God's word is like a hammer it's also, it's also described as like a sword. That's why we have the sword here, sword and the cross. What most Christians try to do is they just talk about one half of God, his forgiveness, but no judgment upon the evil or the unrepentant. Um, and that's what most of these churches are doing today. They join hands with the unrepentant and justify what they do, and all under the guise of mercy and love. It's not loving at all. Um, Verse 30, Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, he saith. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them that and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness, Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. Oh, but they have a great big building. It's fancy. God must be with them, right? God must be with them. Hey, the false prophets always have the biggest buildings. The false prophets always have the biggest numbers because people want to hear things that feel good, okay? People don't want to be told that they need to grow up and start acting like a man or a woman of God. They don't want to. They want to be a little baby in a crib and have people take care of them and put little milk bottles in their mouth all day long and tell them things that uh, um, make them feel good. And when this people, I think I'm at, uh, yeah, 33. And when this people... Or the prophet or the priest shall ask thee, saying, What is the burden of the Lord? Thou shalt say unto them, What burden? 
I will even forsake you, saith the Lord. You ever hear those people that claim they're serving God? I have such a burden serving the Lord, you know, and all that. God says, I hate that. He's going to say it here in a second. And as for that prophet and the priest and the people that shall say the burden of the Lord, I will even punish that man and his house. Oh, but God, that's not loving. That's not loving. That's not gentle. Um, Thus shall you say unto every one to his neighbor and every one to his brother, What hath the Lord answered and what hath the Lord spoken? Okay, that's what we're supposed to be talking about. What does God's word say? Uh, you know, not, uh, again, not all this other nonsense, not this, um, all these feel-good messages that you get in the evangelical fun houses these days. No, God says you ask your neighbor and your brother, what does God's word say? But they don't do that. I, I, I dare tell you, you, at the end of many of those uh, sermons, um, people don't, in many cases, they don't even want to talk about the Bible. It's time to go watch the Vikings game or something like that. But when you go to a true church, oftentimes you'll see people can't. They, they, now they're talking about what they were just reading in the Bible, you know, in the in the scriptures, and they can't get enough of it. But you go to a false church, and it's just for, it's just for show, and it's just for the feel good, and and uh, get the message and go. Verse thirty-seven. Okay, we only got a few verses here. It's a long chapter. Thus shalt thou say to the prophet, What hath the Lord answered? Oh, I read that. Verse 38. But since you say the burden of the Lord, therefore thus saith the Lord, because you say this word, the burden of the Lord, and I have said, and I have sent unto you, saying, You shall not say the burden of the Lord. Therefore, behold, even I, I will utterly forget you. I will forsake you and the city that I gave you and your fathers and cast you out of my presence. Just like what Jesus said he's going to say in the, in, the, uh, in the time when people come up to him. He's going to say, uh, when they say, I followed you, Jesus, I've loved you, I've taught in your word. We've, we've, again, we've uh, saved many people from so, uh, racism and white privilege. He's going to say, get out of my sight. I never knew you. I don't even know who you are. You never knew me. Because you're not, certainly not studying my word. You're listening to that windbag pastor over there talking about God knows what. So why don't you go join him? Over there. And I will, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, is what Jesus says. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and a perpetual shame, and you shall not, which shall not be forgotten. Okay? So, in other words, when you look back at this, this is very serious stuff. For these, all these pastors that are soaking the money from the people and delivering them trot like social justice and, and storytelling hour and, and, and whatever it is. I mean, God takes this very serious. He's upset about it. And he's going to judge these people. They've scattered the sheep. The, our people have no idea what's... Uh, most of our people have no idea what's going on and what tomorrow brings. They're totally lost. They're confused as this nation begins to rage in chaos and confusion. And it'll likely only get worse before it gets better. Um, anyways, any questions or comments? Do we have any questions or comments from anybody online? We've been having some problems online. <clears throat> Must be this location. Um, but I was just going to say that, uh, you know, I, I can't even see where myself I've been programmed, you know, by these churches because that's all I've never gone to. And 
not that I don't know. I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I could I can feel the people if they were listening or watching notice that they would say that you're a fanatic, you're a you know you're a hater, you're a you know just because of the message you just gave, you right? Know, it's so negative and so, but when you stop and sit back and look at it and, and look at the examples in the Bible where there was a ton of times where God or Jesus or you know. Uh, would say things even heavier, you know, or even wipe people out, you know what I mean? Right. It wasn't just words with God, it was, uh, he would literally wipe out whole cities or you right. know, people. And so it's just, I just think it's interesting that I can feel a little bit of me being programmed from the those churches, you know, thinking, boy, Ben, you're just being a little aggressive here, you right. know? <laughs> in, the, in the early days of America, uh, a, a sermon like I gave here would have been perfectly normal what people were used to right <laughs> but uh yeah but i it's mean the truth and when you really look at it it's it's what needs to be said and 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 maybe it needs to be said a little more aggressively than normal because nobody's really saying it well if i was a false pastor in one of those churches just repeating the feel-good messages and and all that i'd want somebody to shake me mm. out of that because if if i just say well you really shouldn't be doing that I think you really should just start studying the Bible rather than your, you know, whatever. Um, woe unto you. They're not going to listen to that. But now at least if they've heard the message, the blood's off of our hands, right? It's off of our hands. Um, yeah, and I, like, I know that one of the guys that made that comment on, after the Minneapolis thing with the cop. And I just, I couldn't believe it that he would put hashtag Black Lives Matter after his thing. It's like they don't even know what that is. Because Black Lives Matter is a is a domestic terrorist group, basically. Right. I mean, the people that follow it or that support it, maybe they don't, they're not, you know, they're just thinking some great thing. Oh, Black Lives Matter. Well, yeah, they do. But but the group itself is a hateful group. If, if they want to kill cops, they, they have nothing good to say about you know, white people or anything other than, and uh, so yeah, it just that surprised me uh, a, a lot that uh, that would come from someone who's a a leader in a pro prominent church here in, in this town. Well, I I wrote about it on Facebook earlier this week. I said, um, you know, when we live in a very conservative area, but when you go into the churches, you get leftist political propaganda. Dis disguise as the gospel of Jesus. And, it, and it, it upsets me so much because I see all these good people and I don't want them to get deceived by that and end up turning our city into something like Minneapolis. You know, um, it, it just, it really bothers me. I mean, um, these people can get more biblical truth up here from listening to Rush Limbaugh than they can from their pastor. Right. And that's that's sad. I mean, Rush Limbaugh is a great guy, but he's obviously not teaching the Bible, but he's actually standing up for what's right and exposing lies. And uh, they're the same lies that their pastors are giving them, and it's sad. Uh, there's just not there's not hardly any leadership out there as far as uh, biblical pastoralship. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of the or most of the people that go to these churches and stuff are, are good people. They love God. They, they mean well. I'm maybe not, you know, the leadership. I think a lot of it is that they don't even know what they're doing. 
right. they're being deceived and their their eyes are closed basically uh, I don't know if God's doing it or if it's just their lack of uh, self motivation I don't know what the cause is but uh, that's an interesting phenomenon it's becoming more and more prevalent and more and more obvious in my eyes you know I, I struggle with that Mike you know you know there's a certain degree of innocence, obviously, because God says they scattered the, the sheep. Um, the, the pastors are responsible for that. But I think, I just remember when I was a kid that I just, I remember one time, I, I've shared this story with some of you guys before. I remember sitting there listening to the windbag up there, at my the windbag pastor at this church down in Edina that we went to um, when I was a kid. And he was just going on and on, and he was inflexing his voice and doing this, you know. And I'm like, as a kid, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what, what is this guy saying? He's using all these big words. And I just picked up the Bible that was sitting in the pew in front of me and started reading it. And I was just enthralled, you know, just read. I didn't understand half of what I was reading, but it was really cool and exciting, whatever it was. And it felt like two minutes, and then all of a sudden it was time to go. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait a second. I'm not done yet, not done reading. Um, but had I not picked up the Bible, I'd have been sitting there going, oh, when, when are we going to get out of this place? I really just, this is, I can't take this anymore. But it just shows that it's, people have got to learn to love the Word. I mean, that's, um, it's, the Word is Jesus. It's his, these words are spiritual. When you, take them, when you take His Word into you, you become more like Him. It's just, it's just the way it is. But when you take in, obviously, words of men... You become like men. I do believe this is Satan's way. I said that last week, and it's it's all about Satan's last effort because he knows he's going down. Right. What better way to use Christianity and pastors that make it easy for people to be Christians where reading the Bible is tough. Right. And it's it's something you have to put your whole self into, and it allows God to speak through to you, not Satan through Oops. a man, not Satan through deceiving. I mean, I was raised, Billy Graham, my dad worked for, and um, I'm not saying anything about him, but I just feel that you have to get into the Word. God does, it, it isn't easy. Nothing is easy. He says, put on your armor. Your armor isn't to protect you from love. Right. Your armor is to protect you for your battle. Right. That he's getting us ready for. <clears throat> That's a good point. Right. Yeah. Um, anybody else got any other comments? I've got an interesting uh, paragraph, if you guys don't mind uh, humoring me for a minute. I'm going to read this about this uh, Marxianity. How the Christian church has really turned into a vehicle for... Marxist activism. Um, and uh, I'm going to read this really quick. The author is, his name is Brandon Howes, I believe is how you pronounce it. But he says, the Marxist playbook offers two fundamental stages to undermine capitalism and Christianity. One strategy is to co-opt Christianity from within, corrupt it, and thus render it no longer an opponent of Marxism, but a willing participant in fulfilling the goal of the Marxists. The second strategy is to create a coalition of victims and create offenses 
in order to prove the oppressors of the coalition of victims are Christians and capitalists. By doing so, Christianity and capitalism can be effectively demonized as the source of all suffering and oppression. The key to this information um, operation is to hide Marxist ideologies under masking terms that are given credibility through the use of twisted scriptures as well as revisionist history and the elimination of truth, reason, logic, and context. They must also enlist religious useful idiots and compromised bridgers that aid in merging the religious left and the religious right. By conforming these tactics, those who stand firm on the word of God and refuse to compromise will be set up for ridicule and persecution. They'll be labeled haters, intolerant, bigots, divisive, mean-spirited, and unloving by those outside of evangelicalism, as well as the evangelical deep state itself. And I could go on and read more about that, but... You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the message was a blessing to you. If so, please like, share, and leave your comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, my friends, stay in his word every single day so that you can be a Christian overcomer.